Hey guys, my name is Marcelo Inestroza, and I am the host and the creator of the Red Wall Podcast, a podcast about love, life, and the pursuit of happiness. On top of all that, a podcast about what it's like to live life as a disabled person. Also, a podcast about what it's like to live life as a disabled screenplay writer. So why don't y'all come on and join me on my podcast mission of glory. All right, guys, hope to see you there. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Red Wall Podcast. This is episode three, and I'm your host per usual. My name is Marcelo Inestroza, and today I would like to talk about something or someone who really uh, affected the course of my life. It took me a long time to figure out whether she affected it negatively or positively, but I can say today that I think I have a good grasp on what exactly she did for my life. Um, now, you have to understand something about me. First of all, you know that I am disabled. Second of all, the way that I'm built, my, my wiring, really uh lends to the fact that if i'm in a if i'm in a relationship with anyone um i will always feel the sense of what are you doing with me why did you choose me you could be doing so much better than me i don't have that much to offer you why are you here you know i'll always be that insecure uh person in the relationship going you know when is the other shoe going to drop when is this gorgeous, talented person going to leave me and, uh, you know, move up to someone uh, with better options, someone who can support her better, someone who has something better to offer her. See, I'm that kind of a guy. And I don't want to be, but, you know, I've tried to, to, to get that sense of thinking out of my head. And I've been unsuccessful, you know, unsuccessful uh, for most of my adult life. So, um, you know, possibly, again, I don't know if I said this already, but possibly the reason why I think like that is because I'm disabled and I'm insecure. But to be honest, who isn't insecure? Uh, you know, a lot of people are insecure for, you know, a large portion of their life and until they get a significant other in their lives that give them balance and give them true perspective. Uh, they, you know, you know, they, they don't turn a corner. Most people don't turn a corner uh, until that moment. I mean, some people turn a corner all by themselves, but uh, most people um, need that little push and need that little support from a significant other, be it, a loved one or someone that they someone that they meet and fall in love with um yeah so there's a little bit about my personality all right so uh, let me uh move a little head move a little forward here or rewind a little bit when i was a little kid people used to tell me people in my family used to tell me uh that i don't have a heart that i don't have a sense of humor I I don't know what's funny and I and I never laugh. Now, 
when I was a kid, I used to laugh all the time. But as I got older, I uh, unfortunately took on some of the characteristics of my birth mother. Now, if you if you if you knew my birth mother, my birth mother is a very serious person, uh, and um, and she doesn't laugh. She she's really she's not really stoic, but she has a unique sense of humor, and she uh, suffers from depression. And I would say the worst qualities that I picked up are some of my best qualities, but they're still worst qualities when you look at them, uh, whether it's on paper or not. Um, I come from a Spanish family, and the Spanish sense of humor is very, you know, rough, very, very, very rugged. They, they, uh, more at least my family jokes a lot, and everything to them is a joke. And you know, you know, they, they, they laugh at dumb things. They, they, you know, they do stupid shit. And because I wasn't like them, I got criticized for it. And they made me feel like uh there was something wrong with me like 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 i had something broken within me um so by default um them saying that of course uh you know you know uh, built up this veneer in my in my self thinking that i was never good enough that i didn't matter enough um and that i was never going to work with someone else because they were like oh you have you know no one's gonna be able to stand you or you're not gonna be able to stand anyone else and uh yeah so uh, as you can imagine that wasn't too constructive for a young teenager or a young boy for that matter um so anyway so my first girlfriend she was um she was wonderful she was um she was what my grandfather called uh, white trash. I mean, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think she was white trash at all because I really liked her and she was a nice person. But I will admit that in my first relationship, I wasn't completely prepared for what it meant to be a boyfriend, and I went into the whole thing way too fucking quick. Um, I basically saw her and I said, "I want you to be my girlfriend," and 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 you could tell right off the bat that wasn't the right thing to do. And the other thing is that. At the time, I didn't understand, uh, being the fact that I didn't understand what it meant to be a, a proper boyfriend, I treated her like trash, and I treated her in such a way that nobody else should be treated ever. I mean, some of the things that I did to her, which I won't mention on this podcast to save face, to save face were truly horrific and really, uh, truly unacceptable. So, yeah. So I did that. I acted like a dick. And at the time, I was sort of developing feelings for someone else. Now, the someone else is someone that I met through my Aunt Carmen. Uh, this person was the, was the older daughter or is the older daughter of uh, my Aunt Carmen's best friend. Um, I had, you know, I had known her since she was a little girl. And as she got older... As she got older, I, I started to, to develop feelings for her. But as the time went on, uh, my feelings were like, oh, do I really care about this person? Or why do I really want her? Do I, do, I, do I want her because I can't have her? Or do I genuinely love her? And around that, and around this time, um, when I was with this other girlfriend, who was my first girlfriend ever, 
I was really starting to, you know, think about her a lot and really start to form my feelings about her. And it's pretty safe to say that throughout the entire relationship that I was with this other girl, I was thinking about her. And that could have made the situation with this first girlfriend that I had really, really strained. And, and it probably added some strain to the relationship and it probably made it worse. So I will admit to that. Anyway, uh, when, when, um, when this relationship with the, with the first girlfriend I had ended, I spoke to my grandfather and said, listen, I think I really have feelings for uh, uh, this girl. For the sake of this podcast, let's call her Christine. I really think I have feelings for Christine. What should I do about it? My grandfather, being the supportive one, said, you know what? You should go up to her and you should tell her how you feel. <laughs> let's say, let's just say uh, that didn't go well. So I went, I, um, you know, I I did that to an extent. What I did was one evening when she was on Tumblr, uh, she had, she'd done this video where she was very cute. She was very outgoing and she, and she was very playful. And she basically said to her audience, she said, write to me, you know, uh, um, writing messages because I'm bored. Why am I so weird? So I saw that video and I actually said, okay, this is my opportunity to get to get to know her a little bit, to get to know her a little bit better, and we, you can move forward from there. So I wrote her a couple of messages. She didn't respond. I didn't. I, I wasn't thinking really. And uh, a couple days later, I wrote her some more. But then all of a sudden, uh, one afternoon, my grand my my, grand, my grandfather came into my room and says, uh, "There's a problem." Uh, Christine's mom has told Carmen that you've been bothering her a little bit and she just feels uncomfortable. And I was like, what? First of all, she didn't tell me anything. She didn't respond to any one of my messages. I will admit that I was a little pushy, but, but that wasn't enough to, you know, basically tell on me and run to your mother and say, oh, this guy's making me uncomfortable. I didn't do anything to you. All I did was I tried to be a friend to you and you throw me under the bus? How dare you? No, and how dare my aunt, who, when I was growing up, was my best friend. You know, until she had her kids, um, uh, I would basically call her every day and tell her about my day. And, you know, she would advise me um, my my adventures as a, as a, as a young kid. But when my aunt, when my aunt uh, basically had her children, she kind of left me on, on the side of on the side of the road to die. I'm not. I don't feel any regret for her doing this or anything like that because she had to do it because she had to take care of her own kids. But I would think that in a situation like the one that I was facing now uh, with Christine, that she would have taken my side in this whole uh uh, issue, but she didn't. What she did, in fact, do is throw me under the fucking bus. And that really, really, really hurt me. And it really hurt me the fact that Christine herself wasn't able to, all she had to do was talk to me, was write, was, was write me back and tell me, look, this is, make, this is making me really uncomfortable. It's really weird. And I'd like you to stop. 
if she would have done, if she would have me one message, I would have done that, and I would have backed off. But no, she had to run to her mother and make this little small thing, a whole drawn out issue that didn't exist. Why did she have to do that? Why couldn't she have been mature enough to deal with her own problems? Look, looking back on it, I don't blame Christine for what she did because when she did that, she was a little bit on the young side. And uh, when I say young, maybe she was like 16. Um, and uh, now I'm 31 and uh, she's 26. So, you know, if you're looking at yourself, if you're looking, if you're listening to me right now and you're thinking to yourself, God, you're a disgusting pervert. You were in love with a 16 year old. And I'm like, and you're like, Jesus, you're disgusting. I'm never going to listen to you again. Relax. You know, when, when she was 16, I was what? I was maybe 19, maybe, maybe 20, 21. Anyway. Anyway, she's now 26 and I'm 31, so it's fine. Um, but um, yeah, but the the fact is, I couldn't believe how much how much it hurt and and uh, and how much my aunt's betrayal really pissed me off. Um, so for the for the next year and a half, I was depressed. I didn't I didn't want to do anything. I, I didn't. You know, I, I was just, fuck it. I was, I, I was done. So, um, after that, um, after about a year and a half, a, a select group of friends said, listen, I know what she did to you. I, I, I know that it hurt, but it's really time for you to get off the mat and move on with your life and, you know, move forward in whatever direction you think is best. And so I did that. But when I did that, I I understood that if I was going to move on with my life, I needed to make some changes. And the one change that I needed to make was to learn how to deal with people better and how to use something. And throughout this whole ordeal with Christine, I want to go back a little bit now throughout this whole or deal with Christine. I felt something for I felt something for her that I ha- that I didn't feel that I haven't felt ever um, with any other person, truly any other person in my in my entire life. And that feeling that I got that Christine gave me that I still feel to this day is she made me feel what true love really feels like. She made me feel it from the tip, from the top of my head to the tips of my fingers. I mean, to be honest, a little bit. She uh, is the only other woman that I felt something for besides my first other girlfriend. And nobody since them has made me feel any kind. I, I haven't felt any physical attraction to anyone else besides the two of them, besides Christine and my first girlfriend. So that's saying something, but she, Christine taught me what true love really feels like. And what I did with that feeling is I rejiggered my heart. So in, in, so in a weird way, she damaged, she, she hurt me immeasurably, but what she gave me was way more important. She showed me what true love feels like and I used that to rebuild my heart basically 
And now I use I, I, I use the love that she gave me to I use the I use the love that she gave me to basically uh, show it to anyone that I deem worthy now uh, within my life. She made me into a better person. She made me want to be a better man. It wasn't a good. It it, it wasn't a happy journey to get to this conclusion. I I, I can guarantee you one hundred percent it wasn't. But uh, the negative that she gave the the, the 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 positive feeling that she gave me outweighs anything negative that she could have ever done. Um, and I will say that without without um, without provocation, she is the love of my life. Now, now another secret about me: I identify as a bisexual man. I have uh, tendencies to actually like men and and find men attractive. Now, let me clarify something: I've never, I've only been with. Uh, I've only been with one man in my life, and I have uh, uh, feelings for this man, uh, possible romantic feelings, but I've never, uh, I, uh, I've never kissed a guy. I slept, I've slept with a guy, but I've never, you know, kissed him. I've never had, I've never had, uh, sex, I've never had sexual intercourse with anyone before, but. For, for my money right now, I identify as a bisexual man. I tend to go toward, I tend to like uh, w- women uh, way more than men, but I have that little inkling in my soul that says, oh, I love women, but I find some men attractive. So that's how that works out. But I, I feel like I should say something. If I'm ever in a relationship with you, I'm very, very loyal. I mean, there, there are three things that are really important to me in this life. And, the, and those things are uh, love, uh, respect, friendship, and loyalty. Let's take the last one, for example. If I'm in a relationship with you and I'm with you, I'm with you. And I will tell you, if I choose you and, I, and I'm in a relationship with you, I will be with you. I will not hamstring you, and I will not cheat on you, and I will not treat you like dirt. When I'm with you, I'm with you, and that's it. So, in in in, in other words, I'm extremely, extremely loyal, and I do not cheat on people, and I do not, and I do not leave people, and I do not, under any circumstances, lie to people. I hate lying to people. Lying to people is my biggest problem. If you're my friend, if you're my confidant and you ever lie to me, then we're finished because I I abhorred liars. I can't stand liars. So what I'm saying here is um going back to the main point of this podcast, this girl really uh shaped mo uh, my my romantic heart that I rebuild for myself after I picked myself up after the rubble that she left me in, and I used the love that she gave me to write my scripts to live to to live out uh, the the rest of my life and to 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 live it out with dignity and grace. Uh, you know, 
some people in my family know what this person has done for me and they know that how much I care for this person and they think and they think it's kind of sad because they think I should just jump into a relationship and I should do this and I should do that and I and I'm like I I wish I could do that but with me it's a little complicated because I have issues and if I were to jump into a relationship I would have to deal with these issues with this other person before we start anything and it's not that simple. I mean people think it's so simple dating someone who dating dating someone when you are a disabled person, you don't have a job, you can't drive a car, you can't read very well, and you can't do this and you can't do that. What would I have to offer that other person except my friendship and my love? And to me that's not enough. If I'm with someone, I want to offer them as much as I can. And right now in my life, I can't offer I can't offer almost anybody anything. Um, except, you know, except companionship, which is something that I don't know that they would be completely uh, uh, on board with accepting. I don't know if that would be enough for them. Now, it may be enough for someone, but for most people, I, I think that they would want something more. And I think that they would want a partner that can contribute more to the relationship. So that's why I don't get together with somebody else. Also, Christine has become the golden standard for the person that I want to be with for the rest of my life. And I will tell you right now, no matter who I'm with for the rest of life, for no, no matter what kind, no matter who I encounter, if I'm ever in a relationship again with anybody, it will be more than hard to get the ideal of the the idea of uh, Christine out of my head, and it will be very difficult for me to sort of take her out of my head because she's so ingrained in me. She's so ingrained in my soul. She she she's in every stitch of my heart, and to be honest. I don't want to be in another relationship because I'm too busy. I have too much shit I want to accomplish in my life. And I don't want anybody else's problems. And to be honest, the, Christine is the love of my life. And I am content with loving her for the rest of my life. And that would be acceptable to, to me. That would be okay for me. Knowing that she's happy and she's with someone that uh, supports her, loves her, and takes care of her in the way that I would want to, that's enough for me. Now, I know that's, that's sad and that, that may sound pathetic to you, but to me, that sounds swell. And to me, that's enough. So, uh, wow, this is turning out to be the longest podcast I've done so far. So, anyway, that's the story of uh, the one girl in my life that taught me how to use something that I that I thought when I was a kid or something that people told me when I was a kid I never had. And that simply was my heart. So with that in mind, I ask you guys now, uh, what did it feel like to fall in love uh, for the first time? Uh, what are some of your bad breakup stories, if you have any? Uh, what, are, what are some of your opinions on dating? Um, in the comment section of the YouTube video that this podcast is going to go up on, uh, please comment. Uh, please, if, if you feel comfortable, tell me your stories. Uh, tell me 
some of your uh, feelings. Holy fuck. I just realized what I did. Um, this actually, this episode was uh, supposed to be about social. Uh, no, I'll, I, I, excuse me, I didn't do it. Crap, I almost, I almost thought that I was talking about uh, social media re- rejection, but I wasn't. I'm talking, I, I was talking about um, uh, first love and uh, and finding out what that means for uh, the first time. And I was thinking about an, an episode that I did last week that I just uploaded today, which is episode two of the Red Wall podcast. And that, the whole thing is about social media rejection. So hopefully you guys have listened to that one already. But um, yeah, way to come off the rails at the end of the show. Anyway, uh, guys, I really hope that you enjoyed listening to that and getting to learn a little bit more about my thought process when it comes to love and getting to learn a little bit more about the trials and tribulations of my love life. And I hope that was entertaining for you. If it was, please consider becoming a subscriber to my YouTube channel, uh, my YouTube channel is uh, Balloonhead Productions. And if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on my YouTube channel, you're already there. And if you like what I do, uh, if you like this podcast, please check out the other the other videos on my channel. And if you like those, why not consider becoming a subscriber to my channel? Uh, and if you like me and you want to talk more about relationships or whatever, you know. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, CreekFanatic88. All right, guys. Well, I think that covers everything. And that does it for uh, uh, this week's episode of the Red Wall Podcast. And this has been episode two. And this has been about social media rejection. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. But until next... Uh, no. Oh, damn it. I fucked up again. This episode has been all about a girl. Jesus Christ, I really have to focus when I do these podcasts because if I don't focus, shit like this will keep happening and that's not good for my listeners. With that being said, uh, thank you for listening. And as I often say, I'll see you when I see you.